This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Welcome in. We're closing out 2021 with another fun episode. We got a lot going on in this one. We talk beer trends of 2021 and what to look forward to in 2022 with Kevin Patterson. Always a great chat with him as he provides a lot of insights. And in our conversation is with the Nash Villains, uh, three guys that do a lot of writing uh, for various projects from TV to film and for artists that you've uh, come to know and love in country music and beyond. Uh, but now they've come together to form the Nash Villains and they got their debut album coming out soon. It's a really fun chat. You don't want to miss that. And also check out our social media as we have our year-end uh, videos featuring some of our top pours for beers and whiskeys, bourbons, and so much more. Uh, you can find all of that at hopspirits.com and find us on social media at hopspirits. Enjoy the show. It's almost time. Where did I where, where did I put those? Here they are. <laughs> it's time for tasting notes. Joining us again for another Tasting Notes is Kevin Patterson, the Cicerone National Beer Judge. He's also the manager of the craft of the uh, Beer Trap Craft Beer Store in Lexington, uh, Kentucky. Kevin, welcome back. Glad to have you as always. Well, thanks again, Jonathan. I'm happy to be here. Now, you know, before we were talking about winter ales, um, you know, kind of what people can expect once, you know, the, the calendar flips and you get out of the holiday season. But also when the calendar flips, that means we're in a new year. You know, you work in the industry uh, so I figured this time around, we look back at 2021, look ahead to 2022. Um, obviously, the pandemic has kind of either moved things way forward in terms of what some people were expecting and slowed other trends down or just you know completely thrown everything for a loop. Um, but what what did you see in 2021 that kind of caught your eye or maybe surprised you or or something on those lines? Well, coming out of the early parts of the pandemic, you know, we saw a lot of people flocking to those more comfortable beers, the beers you can buy a six pack of, uh, something that was a little bit more modern alcohol, something not as strong, but something definitely more drinkable, more quaffable, more refreshing. And so we've seen that kind of continue on a little bit. One thing I've been really happy to see is in 2021, not every beer has to be imperial, especially if it's a darker beer. It can be a 5% stout. It can be a brown ale. It can be a reasonable porter. Not all beers have to be aged in bourbon barrels, kerosene barrels, kumquats, razor blades. We don't have to throw all that stuff in beer to make a wonderful beer. And so I think that a lot of brewers have been really happy about, you know, their customer base maybe wanting something that's a little less extreme or a little less intense. Uh, there for a while, I was a little bit concerned that maybe beers are going extreme wherever it comes to just one dominant flavor. In other words, it's got to be very sweet or very roasty or very bitter or very sour. And, and that was really leading to like these really intense beers that you could only have like a portion of one or maybe even have one and you didn't want to go back to the other ones. But this year has really seen a little bit more of a somber trend of, you know, people wanting a little bit more of a sensible alcohol, a sensible gravity beer, um, but still something with a lot of flavor and a lot of, a lot of drinkability and a lot of pleasure. Well, and, you know, I know one time we talked, you know, you, you know, some other trends where folks were either rediscovering brands that they had forgotten about per se, or, you know, maybe branching out a little further into some imports. Um, are, are you still seeing that or, or is it kind of come back to the craft beer uh, that, that you kind of everyone expected where people like to try different things or they hear good things and, and they want to go down down that route? I think it's been a good split because I think we have held on to some of those trends that were set a year, year and a half ago, uh, getting into two years ago. Um, but we have come back around a little bit more. I think now people are 
they realized craft beer didn't stop. That brewers still had to work. They still wanted to go to work. They still wanted to make beer. They still wanted to please folks. And they did keep making beer. Um, but I think now brewers have kind of said, okay, maybe we don't need to just focus on flagships as much as we did a year ago. Maybe we can start being a little bit more experimental. And I think customers are relating to that as well. So they're striking a happy medium between holding on to those really time-honored classics. Maybe it's a beer that got you in a craft beer. Uh, maybe it's, you know, a European brand that's been around for a hundred years. Um, but they're also, you know, doing some of the newer stuff too. Hey, what's that new beer with the, with the kumquats and razor blades? Maybe I just want to try it after all. Well, and, you know, moving into 2022, it's always interesting to see what's kind of going to be next. Um, obviously, you know, for a lot of breweries, they've got into canning, they got into distribution more so than they ever imagined um, with the pandemic, but that has also caused other issues um, and will continue to cause issues with, you know, shortages in certain areas. So what, what are you seeing for, for 2022? What, what can folks maybe expect to see? Well, I'm hoping more of the same. One thing I enjoy having is 8,000 breweries in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I don't like seeing in America is a really small, limited, you know, section of flavors. Uh, so I hope we do see a little bit more balance, a little bit more sense of moderacy uh, whenever it comes to beers in that 5 to 7% range. Um, however, there are some popular trends that show no signs of slowing down. Uh, the hazies are still going to dominate. The sours are still growing. They're still coming on. And I, I think they're starting to become a little bit more, um, I guess, independent of season. You know, just because it's cool outside doesn't mean that IPA stop. It doesn't mean the sours stop. And we're getting, going to roll into eventually warmer weather in the spring and summer. And I still expect to see some pastry stouts out there. So I think people realize that air conditioning works, that when you step into uh, an enclosed environment, the place probably has an air conditioner. It's probably going to be somewhere between 68 and 72 degrees. Heat still works, even though it's cold outside, it's still going to be kind of warm inside. So for that first beer, I think people are more likely to drink with the seasons. But after the body acclimates to the environment, I think they're more likely to say, you know what, I think I just want that beer or this beer, uh, whether it's limited or whether it's new or it's been hyped on some sort of social media that they saw. Um, so I think that, you know, they're, they're willing to experiment a little bit more outside of that first beer. And then, you know, I always am curious of this because, you know, you're, like I said, you're, you're in the industry, you live it, breathe it, you see it every day, you get to talk to folks every day with, with your job as, you know, with the beer store and bar there. Um, what's something that you hope to see in general in 2022 that may, may have not happened so far, whether it's a style that you want to see or just something else? One thing that, that, that's kind of been training in this direction for a while, I think it's going to continue to do so, is brewers keep looking deeper and deeper and deeper for inspiration. Okay, well, how can we create excitement and uniqueness in beer? And so I think that they're starting to fuse those worlds of, of culinary art and food and beer. Used to be, you know, like the people like the beer dress certification program, they would say to make, make a successful fruit beer or spice beer, then you had to be able to taste the base beer first. And then whatever additional flavors you add to that should complement the beer, but never overwhelm the beer. Well, I think brewers have kind of learned the customers don't think the way the BJCP does. Uh, customers want to be beaten over top of the head with flavors. Mm-hmm. So now you're seeing inspiration come from all sorts of things. We have cheesecake flavored beer uh, from Estonia, of all places. So even they've got in the craft beer world and they're making cheesecake beers, um, slushy beers when it comes to sours, fruitiness when it comes to IPAs. And we're not talking subtle flavors, we're talking big, bold flavors. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy seeing the experimentation. I enjoy seeing the cleverness that they, that they, they come up with. 
Um, I think the one the trends I've seen here lately, I think it's going to continue, especially since the mixed drink culture, the mixology culture continues to grow. Uh, brewers say, okay, if that's what people want, then let's roll those flavors into beer as well. So whether it's an old-fashioned cocktail, let's, in, you know, let's use those flavors to inspire our beer. And that's what founders did with the Highball Drifter recently. So I think we're going to see a lot more of those flavors. Uh, there's a, a mojito beer uh, the Three Fords has out right now. Uh, it tastes more like mint than mint tastes like mint, uh, but it's there. So I think that brewers, they're, they're using those, um, I guess, those worlds for inspiration, and they're not subtle about it. They're very bold. So it's really exciting, but it's got me a little bit cautious, too. <laughs> well, we'll just have to wait and see what 2022 has in store for us. Kevin, thank you, as always. Thank you, Jonathan. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations is a group uh, that has been around, for, well, at least they have been around themselves in the uh, industry for a good while, and now they're together as the Nash Villains. We have Troy Johnson, Scott Lindsay, and Brett Boyette. Did I say all those right? You did. That's right. That's right. Hey, how you doing, Jonathan? I'm good. How are y'all? Now that we got good. this technology good. thing working. Yeah. We finally got finally. this technology thing working. <laughs> finally. Now, I'm drinking, you know, we were talking about, you know, because bar conversations, you always wonder what everyone's drinking. I got a little Fry Ranch out of Nevada, a little nice, very nice mm. bottle. Um, like I said, you got to watch that, uh, nice. the, the cap because it can can hurt things. Uh, what's everyone else got got tonight <laughs> if they've got anything? Winter Jack. Ooh. Jack Daniels. Jack. Yeah. Heat it up into a cup. Pretty good. I got a frosty mug of Yangling. There you go. That takes me back home. I've mm. got... I've got a foam cup of Miller Lite out of Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is, is you know, the the, uh, the vessel matters. <laughs> and it's funny that your, your piece of shit beer is just coming out of a, <laughs> a foam cup. A foam cup. He, he, Damn redneck. <laughs> I was going to say, he is from Kentucky. Cool you, you know, I mean, it, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the coolest coffee cup here. My my son drew this picture. I got one of those Art Sonia pictures he drew. I love oh, it. Cool. Yeah. It's either you're a fancy drinker or you're a real drinker. <laughs> it just it just. Oh really? Yeah. So fancy drinkers can't be real. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm the fancy drinker now because I, I have a glass cup like a normal human being. I, say, I have my logo. I don't, my I don't cup, put so. ice in my beer. <laughs> uh, so so. Yeah, we were joking beforehand. Are you guys just mainly beer drinkers, Troy and Scott, these days, or do you mix anything else? Brett, obviously, you're enjoying a little, little bit of uh, of the spirit side. Yeah, my my wife makes me uh, makes me a beer drinker these days. <laughs> she, she cut off my my whiskey drinking. You know, uh, she says that. Uh, I'm not sure what language we can use on here. But hey, we're, we're talking about uh, uh, alcohol and music, so we're all good. <laughs> yeah, she, says, she says I'm an asshole when I'm drinking liquor. So, so uh, Happy wife, happy yeah, life. She says I'm not too friendly when I'm drinking liquor, so she cut me off. But, I, but my, my take on it is that I'm a genius, right? Right. And when I'm drinking brown <clears> liquor, <throat> I just got to 
exude on my expertise on everything very loudly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't think it's everyone. Being a, everyone should hear. It. Yeah, I'm the same way. My wife says the same thing about me, and I don't consider it being rude or an asshole. I'm just being gregarious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just you know being boisterous. Everyone needs to hear what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> hey, if I want somebody to talk to me like that, I'll go home. <laughs> well, now, you know, you guys are came together um, not that long ago, correct? How did you all come together as a group? Well, well, it started with Brett, so why don't you, uh, why don't you set that I, off? Brett. I actually started with my trip to California. Oh, excuse me. Go ahead, oh, Scott. Step back. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> Take the stage. Soapbox is yours. Preach, brother. <laughs> Testify. Well, me, me and Troy write for the same publishing company. And our boss sent me to California to do a songwriters festival called Durango Songwriters Festival. And while out there, uh, a mutual friend of mine and Brett's, uh, he had a writing, his name's Tim Gates, he had a writing appointment with Brett. And, uh, and he invited me to go with. He said he was writing with Brett for a movie that Brett was doing called Forever My Girl. And he invited me down, and I was like, sure, I'll go. So we went down and wrote with Brett, and the movie, uh, the song didn't make the movie. Uh, but uh, me and Brett really hit it off, and he got telling me about this band uh, that he was wanting to do when he moved to Nashville. And uh, he started playing me some demos and songs that he was doing for the movie and uh, said he wanted this guy to sing in his band called Nash Villains when he moved to Nashville, and I recognized the voice. I said, is that Troy Johnson singing? He said, yes, I got to have this guy in my band when I move to Nashville. I'm like, well, hell, I'll ask him right now. Me and Troy write for the same company. His office right across the hall. <laughs> you know? And immediately we got to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to. You got to, well, I don't know, let's talk. Yeah. <clears throat> you think you're the only person that's asked me that? <laughs> yes. You told yes. me that we were. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I've, I'm about three beers in, so I'm going to get a little ornery, I think. <laughs> so so you, so oh. each of you kind of knew one of another somehow, some way, and then well, was it a conversation well, about let's do this? Well, I, I had actually never met Troy. Yeah, uh, Brett and I never met. Yeah, I was. I, I had been referred to Troy through, I think, another songwriter. I, can't, I wish I could remember who. But um, when I was doing the film, I was using him for scratch vocals for all the artists that I was going to use on on the soundtrack at Universal. So I ended up, um, you know, working a lot with him, sending him stuff, and he actually ended up singing the backgrounds for a lot of the major acts as well. And I just loved his voice. So, but I, I definitely, I never met him, and then. Scott came out and I met Scott in person and we were, you know, rest of history. Yeah, well, I think the mm -hmm. connections of all of it, you know, made it come to fruition, you know. the, Yeah. You know, I, I, it probably would have been different had Scott not have known, you know, me personally and all that good stuff. So that, that certainly, that certainly uh, you know, uh, uh, set things in motion. Was that the selling point, Troy? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, Scott was the selling point for sure. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you seem to be getting along just fine right now. 
Um, yeah. yeah. Well, as long as Brett stays in his own screen. Yeah. <laughs> that's, why I'm a, that's why I'm at a different location. No, <laughs> An undisclosed location. Yeah. Now, I'm in a safe house. Now, so, so Brett, you had the, the idea and you already had the name picked out for when you were going to do it. Is that, is that correct? And, I did. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how I came up with it, but I wanted to do a dark country project and, I was just kind of running names around in my head and Nash Villains, that was a great name. I was like, man, that's a great name. I wonder if anyone's taken that. I started searching on the internet and I couldn't find anybody who had taken it. So I was kind of blown away. So immediately trademarked it and uh, that was the, you know, Scott and I talked about it and Scott was like, yeah, I think it's a great name, great idea. And let's get Troy involved and the rest is history. I was going to say, uh, Troy, Scott, did you like being called, you know, a dark country band? You know, like that's who he thought of. He brought you all in for, for this, he, he, you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we didn't really come up with the, the term dark country um, uh, until after we were really kind of involved. We didn't we know. Were what, already, we were already writing songs. Yeah, so we, we didn't know really what we had. Uh, the first thing we had to do was write a song. So uh, we wrote a couple songs and. and I mean, our, our goal was to, to write for film and TV, so we sort of set it up to where, you know, the, the things we were writing were, were uh, more cinematic and, and uh, you know, uh, ethereal. And, and the more we wrote and the more songs that we kind of had under our belt, it sort of just, it, 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 it sort of came to... to it's like, we got a cool thing here, we're... We're really dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> you know, dr dramatic things. Uh, people gravitate to dramatic things, so you know, it, it just it it all kind of fell into place as we kept going. Well, then I, I was going to say, you know, being able to listen to to the songs you all have put out, even listening a little bit to the the new album, we'll talk about that. That's that's coming down down the pipeline. You know, it's not all dark. I would would, would say, or per oh. se, I mean, uh, maybe dramatic or, or a little more on the fun side. But how you know, you guys have seem to be a fan of a variety of genres. How would you describe the music that you guys put out as, as the Nash villains? Put you on the spot. Well, I think, I think the, I, I yeah. think the, the, the closest thing to it is, is dark country. Um, cinematic. Uh, we definitely think it's cinematic. Go, go ahead, Brett. No, no, no. I mean, I was chiming in words, adjectives. I mean, cinematic, I think is, is definitely good. Um, it, you know, um, emotive, Music. I, I think uh, it's definitely an emotive band. I think that that's one of the things we shoot for is to capture the emotion of the song as well as telling the story. And you know, we've we've kind of worked on <coughs> more emotionally with less furniture, meaning less descriptive words as uh, writers, but more. Yeah, that was one thing that Scott and I had to um, sort of get used to is when you write country music for. Uh, the masses, or at least try to gear your song toward an artist. Uh, we we like there's we like to write a lot of furniture, which means you know specific um, uh, things that you can see as opposed to just telling you what's going on. Tan legs on you know on tailgate. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. You can see that. You know? Uh, you know the rust on it, and the and the you know the dripping of the of the water, and you know I remember there was this one song we were writing and. One of our lines was one of the lines we came up with, which which kind of stuck for a while, was you know they took my gun, and and Brett was like, 
that it's great, but it's too specific because what if the character that is, you know, on the screen as the song is playing doesn't have a gun? And and I was like, well, who the fuck cares? <laughs> it's just a song. But uh, but he was right. You know, I mean, you you have to you, you can't allow the audience. I mean, if you're writing for that genre, or at least that 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 purpose. You gotta keep everything generally specific. That's right, the term which is, we came up with. Yeah, yeah, which is what what we've tried to do, and what that allows is for the listener to put to inject themselves into the song a little bit more than than maybe otherwise. Generally, lots, lots more open to interpretation. Well, and then you, you know you got your debut album that's set to come out in February. Is that correct? You guys looking at February twenty twenty two, twenty twenty two? There we go. February eleventh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. February eleventh, twenty twenty. And what can folks yeah. expect on that? Uh, you know, because you know, you guys haven't putting out some songs. I mean, you even put out a Christmas song, "Christmas in a Bottle." But what can folks expect polka, on that? A little salsa. You know, we got <laughs> we got a little bit of everything. No, I think you. I think you. You, you should expect brilliance. Yes. <laughs> well, one one of the things to expect that we we did, uh, which was not the norm for a country act. I actually don't know another country act that's done this until recently actually, uh, concept album. So there's an actual arc to all the songs. They're, they're part of it. Each song is part of the same story. Okay. So, you know, I, I was always a big fan of The Wall and, and um, uh, you know, Operation Mindcrime and uh, Dark Side of the Moon and a lot of these concept albums when I was a kid. And, I, I, you know, I was, we, were, we were sitting around talking. We were like, man, nobody's done a country concept album. Now Casey Musgraves has, but um, <laughs> she came out with one, I think, in September. But um, she heard us talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a small town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it, that's something to expect, and I think it's really cool because of the, the songs. It's a really impelling, you know, c- compelling story, and uh, that I think I think everything just really works together, and it's, it is a there is a nice emotional arc to it. Well, like I said, I got to listen to a little bit of it, and it's kind of almost like a little bit of blending of genres, kind of taking all of your different backgrounds in it, and then you have some some guests on at least I know of one one song. I won't spoil it in case you know everyone wants to keep that a secret. But then you even have like a song like Bonita that I thought was just when I'm listening to him, just maybe kind of out of order. Just I was like, whoa, well, that's different than than anything else I heard, and and so forth. So, yeah. So like, I mean, is that even with the concept you're still kind of weaving in some different things yeah yeah and and bonita is one that i'm i'm extremely proud of i i think that that uh you know brett did a great job producing bringing in all the the different elements and and uh you know that's one of my favorites uh and it's just so epic the way that it that it lays out uh the the trumpets and the and the cello and the strings and and that's what I love about this this band and what we can can do. We we're not we don't seem to be bound by what modern country is doing, and and that's exciting. We, we can go anywhere, and we will. And we will. <laughs> I think that's that's a really good point, though. I think it's like one of the things that to expect out of this band and our album is creativity. And I, I think that one thing that you know we're definitely trying to do. We all have written contemporary country songs for for major acts that are out there on the radio and stuff like that. And we've all done that, and we love those guys. Those guys are great. But 
you know, it, it's kind of nice to do something. We, we kind of all discuss if we were going to do this, we were going to do something totally different. Something that we, you know, would be a left of center sort of uh, approach to, uh, to country music. Something that we don't feel has been done. Because otherwise, you know, we, we feel like we'd just kind of get lost in the mix if we were doing what everyone else is doing. So, right, but I, I also think that what you're describing happened organically as well. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. We, we, we didn't know what we had until we sat down and wrote the first couple of songs. Once we got through with the second song and looked, looked at what looked we Looked at our body of work. Yeah, looked at our body of work. <laughs> two, two songs. Two, two songs. Look, looked at those two songs together. It's like, hey, hey, you know, we got something cool here. I think, yeah, I think that each song sort of uh, um, I, I say that points to the next. The, the first song we wrote was There to Catch Me. Yeah. And the second song we wrote was Tumbling Down. Yeah. Those two songs together, after we wrote them, uh, I'm, I, I literally, I, I told my wife when we got when I got home, I was like, I, I was like, we we have something very freaking cool here, very cool. Right, and we're, and we're writing something out of the box. And when Brett cool. started putting together and and you know doing some pre-production in his studio, he said that he kept saying that people are coming in and and you know po- poking their head through the door and and saying what what is this? This is really really good. This is interesting stuff. And, and that just that just you know snowballed and 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 here we are today. Yeah. Yeah. We we definitely like the stroking that we got from everybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I mean, you kick it oh, off very well with with "Devil Don't Sleep," and that kind of I feel like sets a great tone for the the the, the oh, whole good. album. I, I, that that was I think maybe my favorite song, and like I said, I, I was able to listen to all of them, and it, it was great. You know, you guys have been in music for a long time. What got each of you into well, music? Oh, well, okay. Well, a few of you maybe not as long as others. Uh, so, so, so what got you guys into music? Oh gosh, um, me personally, I've never done anything else. Yeah. Next, yeah. <laughs> even at, even at like three years old, you were you were banging on the absolutely. On the I mean, at, 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 at that young of an age, I was singing and I wouldn't shut up. I mean, I I remember getting teased at school about about singing and and you know yeah i i've never done anything else and it'd be nice to have a hobby but i don't have one of those <laughs> fishing you should take up fishing i know i just i don't have time come fishing he, he's got he, and and uh you can just do a little more drinking than fishing you know that that works too so <laughs> that's what i do well I do. when i do go fishing that's essentially what it is you know for, for me it was probably uh my mom took me to see michael jackson and uh, that was such an amazing experience. And I remember uh, it was at Mile High Stadium. I believe, I swear, that it was Eddie Van Halen came out and played the solo. On I beat. bet he did. And I was like, "That is so cool." And I, you know, I was yeah. like, but I was like, "That is so cool." And uh, that kind of blew me away. So I, from then on, I was just you know obsessed with the Beatles and and uh, Willie Nelson and you know uh, the Beach Boys and. Um, I was a big Chris Ledoux fan growing up. I was more, you know, I, I grew up in Colorado in the rodeo world. But that was, uh, but all that kind of stuff really influenced me. You know, inspired me. Well, I I, I was raised around it. My my dad's a singer songwriter. He he used to write with a guy named Tommy Collins. He wrote uh, "Roots of My Razor and Deep" for uh, Will Haggard and. Uh, New Patches, Mel Tillis, among many, many others. 
And uh, Merle Haggard's song, When Leonard Finally Came to California, Leonard. Yeah. That's that's Tommy. Is that right? Yeah, his real name is Leonard Sykes. Yeah, so he used to come up and go fishing with me and Dad, and he and Dad would write songs while while he was up there. And uh, I would write my little I love you, you love me kind of things, and I'd bring them in there to Dad and Tommy, and they'd critique them, send me back to my room to fix what was wrong with it. And then it became hard. He's yeah. still trying. To <laughs> He's still trying to sell that title. Yeah. He's still trying to sell that title. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that, I mean, that's where I got the songwriting bug. It was just always around me. And uh, of course, Dad would come down. We'd hang out with Tommy and a guy named Johnny Russell. And back up home, also, I've got uh, a cousin named Paul Mosley, who's in the Thumb Picking Hall of Fame. Okay. You know, he's. He does that Merle Travis, Chet Atkins style. And uh, I was raised around that. And um, Bill Monroe's from my hometown also. So I, I was raised around grassers and all, all that. So so I, I never knew any better. I thought everybody played music. Yeah. Baseball and basketball and music. And you got all those guys from your hometown. I had the South Park guys and Gary Hart and John Hinckley Jr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got nothing. Nothing in my Gary Hart. Wow, that, that's a blast from the past. Right I got there. I got Clint Black and King's X. Oh wow! You guys remember King's X? King's X. I yeah. like that. Oh, we also had Burke Brethed. We, we, we had South Park guys and Burke Brethed. Oh, nice. Bloom County. Remember Bloom County? No. Yeah. 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 I, I grew oh, up in a little town in West Virginia. We had yeah. nothing. I have no <laughs> idea. Nothing. 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 Yeah. yeah. So now, now, Troy, you've been writing songs for for a, a little while. I'm not going to age you since apparently Scott Scott wants to do that too. Weak. <laughs> Weak. <laughs> Long enough to know better. Uh, what, yeah. what What has that been like for you to be kind of on the back <laughs> backside and you've been able to produce write for for a lot of different folks that that have turned turned songs into some some big hits. Well, I mean, uh, you know, in the beginning, I didn't know anything, although I knew, thought I knew everything. Uh, I think it's been wonderful so, to... So what's changed? <laughs> I think it's been wonderful. I'm going to just bypass that comment. I, I think it's been wonderful to grow up in this town, musically speaking. Um, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that, that I learned how to write a song in Nashville as opposed to uh, New York or L.A. Not that there's anything wrong with what they do. It's just I, I really like lyric being the king yeah i like uh the story being the king and uh you know the music comes not necessarily second but it it if if you're not saying something it, it real feeds, feeds or the story the melody feeds the story yeah if you're not saying something and not and i'm not saying every song i write or that we write is is you know saying something but that's always the goal you know the goal is not necessarily hey check out this beat uh, the goal is, you know, what what are we trying to say with this? And I, what I like about that is, is it? I like puzzles. I'm a puzzle guy, and and it I I equate Nashville songwriting or at least storytelling type songwriting as a puzzle because you come up with a hook, and and everything that you write, it you know, in in a Nashville sense, needs to point to that. Uh, you're not going to write a song about the moon and necessarily put a football in it. You know, you have to you have to retain a certain amount of. Um, th there's a box that you're sort of writing in. Writing about the moon. Sort of, a lot of the song needs to be at nighttime. 
<laughs> anyway, I'm not sure if I'm making myself clear, but but the the act of songwriting in the Nashville way, I enjoy. Everything leads to the title. I enjoy more than just whatever ethereal thing you might might want to say, which was, you know, tough in the beginning when we were. Uh, writing for this band, it was you know we're not that we don't do that with this band, but it it it's a it's a it, it's a little different, and and you know as yeah. we as we grow as a band, I think that we can bring a lit bring a little bit more of the of the the puzzle element in in the song, but it's been nice to get away from that for a while actually, yeah. if I'm being honest. And then, but anyway, growing up in Nashville musically, as uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Well, I was gonna say, and you've had uh, had a lot of success. All of you have had uh, a different amount of success, different ways. You know, Brett, you you've been producing for uh, you know music for TV, film, recording artists. How is it doing all of those different things? Because that's not one that people may automatically think of when producing music, uh, per se. Uh, I mean, they're all different. They're all different approaches to songwriting. Uh, you know, just like Troy said, I mean, I started in Nashville. And yeah, lyric is king here. And that is absolutely the truth, for sure. Um, but I also, you know, I lived in New York as a writer for a long time. I lived in L.A. for a long time uh, scoring and uh, working with a lot of pop artists and stuff like that. And I think this is one of the things that I bring to the band um, is musical hooks that's you know i think that that's less of a normal thing out here to bring to writing right mm -hmm. yeah and we do jump we do jump off his musical hooks quite often yeah. he's got a bevy of of hooks that he brings in and uh and that's that's a lot of times how we uh you know start songs and then we'll try to find a a, a hook that that one of us has you yeah, know, we'll, came we'll try up to with. take what, what he brings to the table and then make it cool. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there. No, but that, that's, you know, one, one of the things as a composer you, you, you're trained to do is you write themes. And you, you have to write yeah. themes through films that, that, are, that stick with the person. I mean, uh, John Williams is a great example. I mean, you don't forget his themes. Mm. John Williams is great. One yeah. of my favorites. Danny Elfman, Michael Giacchino, a lot of the, the big composers, you know, uh, and they're just great at that. And they're, they have, they're great at bringing musical hooks. I, but, I mean, lyrics are extremely important as well. It's all important. It's all, it's all but one big mix of has, you know, having to gel with one another to be the perfect thing. It's a chemistry thing. So, but it's, it's definitely a, um, <clears throat> it's a different approach writing for records usually. I would say, but for me, I'm, especially production-wise, I'm trying to bring some of those elements from the other things I've done into producing records, which I think is making the stuff a little different. And then I, I guess I can ask Scott a question, unless you guys just want me to leave him I out. I guess. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Since he's picking on all well, of you. Well, he is just I can. <laughs> yeah, I'm the eye candy in the band, man. I'm, I'm just here for Fisher taking purposes. No, but, 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 I mean, you know, you know, Scott, you, you kind of were, were doing kind of a, a solo thing, or at least with, with your own group there early on, and then decided to kind of pull back and um, go kind of more of the production writing route and have done a lot of different stuff there with a diverse group of people. How has that been for, for you, kind of taking that route now? Well, uh, it's been it's been a lot more lucrative <laughs> and much more successful. <laughs> uh, 
I did the artist thing for a while. I had a song out called You Only Call Me When You're Drunk uh, that went top 40 for about 10 weeks. And uh, after that, I really didn't know what I was going to do. You know, uh, that, that company I was with at the time, I, I thought was doing great. But uh, I came home from a run out, out west, and uh, they were boxing stuff up. And as Troy puts it, even my cds <laughs> no, no it was a different interview and i said so they weren't just boxing your cds up they were boxing everything up. Yeah, they were boxing everything up. Uh, so uh so i was home and uh uh wondering what i was going to do next and i landed with this company and and started writing and i just landed with Na- nashville's when they sent me out west you know it's I, I really don't know how to explain it. I just I just didn't say no to any opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had That's a op- lesson, kids. <laughs> yeah. I had an opportunity to send some songs to a guy named Frank Larry, and uh, I sent him I sent him some songs, and he liked them. And he liked them, and he wanted me to send him more. And I sent him more, and he signed me. And <clears throat> a couple months later, well, not a couple months, a couple days later, I was writing with Troy, and a couple months later, he signed me full on to the company, and here I am. You know, so I, I don't know any other way to explain it other than just God's dumb, hand. Yeah, God's dumb hand. Dumb luck. God's hand. <clears throat> not saying no to any opportunity. You know, and uh, and here we are. I was gonna say so, some things are meant to be, right? I mean, and, just... now, and now me and Troy have written songs for with and for Kevin Costner on Yellowstone. And you know, and I've got I've got cuts with Blackstone Cherry, big rock band. And, you know, I've got other stuff coming out later, uh, later, in, or not later this year in 2022 with other bands. And now everything we got going on with Nashville, it just all led from one one message I sent to a guy named Frank Clary. Mm-hmm. I got a cut with Blackstone Cherry too. Yeah. <laughs> No, mine was not a single. Mine was a single. Okay, well, you're one up on you're one up on me. Yeah, I, I do not have a cut with Boston Church. <laughs> so everyone can one up someone, but Brett, but unfortunately That's not right. Brett. That's right. <laughs> so, so, but not for that, not for that. Oh yeah, but Brett, Brett can one up us on a yeah, lot yeah, of things. Yeah, Brett, Brett's got, Brett's got yeah a we don't want to. We don't want to go. We don't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. For for all of you, because you know you've all written different things for different folks. I always wonder this because, you know, obviously that's that's your job. You're, you're working kind of for someone else. It's what I do for my day job. I'm a PR writer, making someone else, in a sense, look good. Is there ever one that you like, a song that you guys were like, man, I wish I could have recorded that looking back? You know, obviously 2020 is hindsight or something like that, but were all of them, you're like, nope, they were good to go, and, you know, that was what, what they were meant to be. Do you mean our own songs, or do you mean songs we've written? Yeah, like stuff that you guys have have written, you know, that for for others and and so forth, or worked with on for with others. Because I always know every now and then I feel like there's like one song that you're like, ah, it got away, in a good way, uh, you know. But maybe you'd like to have back. No, generally, generally as a songwriter, that you 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 cut what you write for the most part, and the ones that get away are the songs that stay on the shelf that nobody cuts. <laughs> right. I mean, they're, they're I mean, awesome. every not not everything we write is awesome, you know. Say what? Well, maybe maybe Troy, maybe Troy. <laughs> well, no, I mean, every songwriter in town has. I mean, the amount of songs in this town that are hit songs 
that yeah. have never been cut never seen the light of would day. astonish you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 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 <laughs> it, it, you you can't even. I mean, because I, I I sing demos for a lot of people, I, and, I've got and about, I hear I've got a about lot 50 of fifty of them myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Everybody's yeah. got a catalog that they're like, "That's a freaking hit song," right. and nobody's heard it. And I sing demos for people, and and I sing on a lot of great songs, and I mean. They're never going to see the light of day just because of the volume of songs that get written every day in this town. I have to say, though, like I go back and listen a lot to songs that I wrote through the years. You have to. Yeah, even yeah. through college. I'm like, that's a great song. And I'll, I'll bring something up I wrote in college. And I'm like, this is a great riff. Let's tweak it. Let's rewrite it. Yeah, know? this is. That yeah, of- that that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I'm saying if you don't. That's why at the at the publishing houses, that's why they have tape copy guys that go through the back catalog and, and pick out things that that could be redemoed that could be moderned up and everything. Because song, I mean, there's just an amazing amount of hit songs in this town that well, nobody's ever heard and nobody ever will hear. Well, there's always a there, there's a time and a place for a song. I really believe that. And oh sure. It, it just sometimes takes a years for that for that time to arrive for that song and now yeah i would say generally unless unless you are in the camp of the artist that if if you get an outside cut by an artist typically that song's five plus years old yeah which is which is crazy to me and they and they probably heard it before Years ago, before they come back and cut it. Yeah, I was talking to, I was emailing with some people because uh, somebody's trying to license a song of mine that's, uh, you know, just an independent artist, nothing huge. But, but you know, I was trying to find the date of creation because I didn't know what, what publishing company it was with. And it's 2021, and I'm talking about a song that was written in 2014. That's a long time. I mean, it's an elementary school. At now. least seven years. <laughs> at least seven years. Yeah. Thank you for doing the math for me. I I say, it's it's, it's in kindergarten. It's it's almost you know working its way to being grown up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Now, right. Now you know. So that but that but that stuff happens all the time. I mean, yeah. one of the songs, the house that built me. First of all, it took them three years to write. Yeah. And then it took them another, I think, four or five years for Miranda Lambert to even cut it. Anyway, well, I was gonna say, you know, for for y'all with writing, I mean, are you pulling, you know, when you're in sessions or even just you know working on stuff yourself, are you always pulling from maybe past experiences or an idea or what kind of goes through that process? Because I I feel like it's always different for for each folks, but I mean, a lot of times it is, you know, it may be a sliver of a past experience, but it's at least something that's maybe happened in, in someone's life, you know. Yeah, I would say I would say yes. I mean, most. Even if the song's not about exactly your past experience, you try to associate with that experience in some way, as an actor would, to conjure up the right emotion and and lyrics and things like that. Um, I I think that that you absolutely do do that. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. You want to say anything about that, Scott? Nope. (laughs) Nope. I was going to say, is Scott allowed to talk? (laughs) (laughs) Scott, you're allowed to talk. You're you're good. You're you're (laughs) good. Yeah, well, I think every song you write is is somewhat autobiographical in the sense that you know it, it has to come from somewhere real. Well, I will say something. Actually. All right. Yeah, you got to You have to become a character when you write a song. Yeah, just like in acting, 
you know, uh, I have some, we have some actor friends and we, we've had this discussion with them. You know, they, they become the characters that, that they're playing on screen. When we're writing a song, we, we have to do the same. So, so we, we become that character and we, and we just take the truth and lie about it, what we're doing basically. <laughs> so you're, you're basically, it's a fishing story that gets really good. That's yeah, right. Right. It's bigger yeah. as it comes along. Oh yeah, if it ain't dramatic, it ain't gonna go nowhere. No, yeah, I mean if you're writing if you're writing a love song, the example is like I have to think about, you know, in that situation, if it's a breakup song or whatever, being in that situation and who I was in that situation with and how I felt about it in that situation. And I, and I loved you more than anybody else has ever loved anyone else in the whole world ever. <laughs> you know, and that's what we got to express. Right. You know? And you had to have had experience that to, to, right. to write that. That's right. Now, now uh, you know, you guys are working on, on, on stuff for the Nash villains, but are you, I'm sure you're still working with, with other folks. How do you guys balance all that? Cause I feel like that's a lot going on at, at once in one's life. We need secretary. <laughs> no, no joke. <laughs> got, got to have a good calendar and, and make yeah, sure you're yeah. at the right place at the right time. I mean, yeah. I spent I spent the whole weekend writing hip hop with with a hip hop artist from LA. So you know, kind of like, yeah, it's we're all over the board right now. You know, we're we're chameleons, we're writers. That's what you have to do, and you know, you have it's more about being a writer is having a good sense of melody and a good sense of lyric. Um, I, I think most writers that are good writers can jump genres. You know, some are really good at one genre, but I think a lot of writers jump genres and you know have a lot of influence, especially nowadays, in different genres. Yeah. Well, deadlines help when you when you got a lot of when you got a lot on your plate and and you got a lot to do. You know, it's good to have a deadline. I understand that in my day job. Or when you got bosses breathing down your neck, you know. Also understand that in my day job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of the best songs I've written have been when the publisher said, you got to finish this by such and such <laughs> date because right. we're right. going into the studio. That's right. I would say definitely direction helps, like uh, you know, writing directly for a script for, for a, an exact scene or a specific artist. Uh, you know, those are all things that are, much, to me, much more enjoyable, much more helpful than just writing a song. I don't think, for the most part, most of us really just do that anymore. We don't really just write to write. We usually are writing with an artist, with a producer, for a label, for a movie. Specifically. Well, that's because we're in the business. You yeah. know, and that's because we're in the business. We're always looking, what can I write, and write what I want, and also make money. You know, I mean, that's... I mean, that's we used to. Beast, you know? We used to, right? I mean, we just, I mean, I'm sure all three of us said, we, I would write all week. You know, just yeah. whatever, and write with tons oh, of. Yeah, I, I used to write four or five times a week, and yeah. that's why, I, what we were talking about earlier. Well, I, that's why I've got, you know, <laughs> fifty hit songs sitting on the shelf. You know? Now, now you um, know, you guys are have been doing this, like I said, just a few years. You know, all young, vibrant, every everything still, a whole life ahead of y'all. Um, did you ever expect this though to be your life? I mean, obviously, I know. I think all of you wanted it to be. It sounds like, but wanting and then it happening, I feel like are two different things. And then also, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? You want to start that, Troy? Yeah, sure. I can start it. Uh, you know, life, goodness gracious. Um, yeah, when I was younger and I, the, anybody can say this, when you're, when, when you're older and you can look back on what you did when you were younger, you don't appreciate anything. <laughs> 
And I surely wish that I would have appreciated where I was when I was uh, younger. But I'm thankful now that I'm still in it. I mean, the the music business has changed in such a degree that that it's really tough to 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 stay in it. You know, the income streams have adjusted and um, adjusted is a loose term. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, our life is not probably not much different than than anybody else's. Uh, uh, You know, this is a job to us. So we come and do our job and then we go home to our families. Uh, I, I am thankful that I'm not digging a ditch, but, um, yeah. you know, it, it's still work. Yeah. Now, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this, though? Any any backup options ever? Yeah. I, I honestly have no idea. Um, <laughs> uh, like I said, I don't even have any hobbies. <laughs> uh, I'd love to do something with my hands. If I had to do something, it'd have to be outdoors. I mean, I, yeah. I, I could build a house. I could... Do I could do construction? I wouldn't mind doing construction at all. Maybe go um, fishing. Wait till you do it for a while. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was the last. You know, when I, I used to dig a ditch <laughs> for construction, and yeah, that that sucks. But I will say that the most peaceful sleep I've ever had was after a day of digging a ditch. Yeah. Brett, Scott, who wants to go next? Go ahead, Scott. Oh. <laughs> go ahead, Scott. <laughs> I, I always jump in, so I just let you go. <laughs> oh, what would I be doing if I were if I yeah. weren't doing this? Uh, male stripper. <laughs> <laughs> you are the eye. I candy. was gonna say he I is mean, the eye candy. I mean, that's have he you just seen me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you. <laughs> I got a, I got change <laughs> over there. <laughs> I've got to go flush my brain out after that one. <laughs> I mean, should we just go to Brett now? I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, Scott. I mean, well, well, before Brett, but I mean, seriously, seriously, in all seriousness, I, I'd probably be a school teacher. That's what my that's what my education was in. I, I taught school for nine years before any of the music started taking off for me. Yeah, I taught school in Metro Nashville. Hated it, you know. <laughs> Hated it. Uh, some of the kids were great. Some weren't. I'm just going to be honest. You know, some weren't. Some of the parents were great. Some weren't. You know, uh, I'm, I'm glad I am where I am right now. You know, but if I weren't doing this, I'd probably be school teaching somewhere not in Metro Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially when you call it school teaching. School teaching. <laughs> yeah. that, that's his Kentucky <laughs> background. <laughs> That's if they can't spell, if they can't spell teaching right, they don't. <laughs> they don't need to pass the next grade. <laughs> and, and, and Brett, did you ever see yourself doing all of this crazy stuff? I mean, you know, writing for TV, music, even hip hop. I mean, I mean, did you ever see that? No, no I mean, I always thought myself. I, I always thought I was going to be doing music uh, at some level. And at first, I was like competing in piano and uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, if I wasn't doing this, I think. You know, like I, I studied forensic archaeology in college, uh, which is kind of crazy, I know. Um, it means he can dig stuff up. He can <laughs> dig a ditch. Yeah. And tell you what's in it. Um, <laughs> um, you know, that, I, I think I would do that. I'd be doing some sort of business. I would, I would definitely be, uh, I'm, I'm pretty business-minded, and I would, I would probably be starting a business. Uh, 
I've always felt like I've been an entrepreneur. I, mean, I had a, my own company when I was in high school of uh, making t-shirts. I had a t-shirt company. I, paint, I used to paint t-shirts for people, airbrush. Um, I thought yeah, about, Brett's a pretty good artist. He's a yeah. good visual artist. He yeah. could probably do that. His brother does that. Yeah, he does, yeah. Um, you know, at one point I was going to be joined the military. I took the ASVAB test. Uh, I did that too. Yeah, I was, I was, I did pretty well on that. I was going to be a helicopter pilot. Uh, you know, medical school, I was going to take the LSAT. At one point, I still might take the LSAT. Uh, and so I don't know. I mean, those are all possibilities. But for a long time, it was going to be like, I think that's my mic, by the way, is doing that. Uh, if you guys can hear that. Um, for a while, it's going to be like plastic surgery. I was really interested in that. So. Did you say plastic surgery? Oh, yeah. I used to watch surgeries all the time and study it. Oh, goodness. Well, there was a time in college when I thought I was going to be an economist. Until <laughs> 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 I, till I realized how much math was involved. For some reason, oh, that's funny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I like the theory of economy, of economists, we but I didn't from, like the, the from nuts and bolts of it. To a songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> well, it worked out. It was a good call. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say this. I thought I was, I mean, I still think one day I'll uh, hopefully own my own business. Who knows? But I took an eco economic class uh, with a guy that looked like Santa Claus. I'm not going to lie. And uh, after that one class, I changed my major very quickly because I was like, this ah, is not funny. a good idea. This is boring. That's I'm going to fall asleep. And, you mm. know, so no, I, I get that. But I also love, like, Brett just, I feel like, you know, we were joking earlier about, you know, who could one up one other. He's just dropping all these different things that he's done and could do. Said, and hey, the drinking thing, uh, can I take a whiz? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be right back. Welcome to the Nash Villains. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's know, usually me. Yeah, I have to say that, you know, something like my mom said to me, which is true, is, you know, like God chooses your path for you. It may not be the, the path that you want, but that's the path you're chosen for. You know what I mean? That, that's chosen for you. So that's, I, I think that that's true in a lot of cases. Yeah, and I think that when it comes to being a Christian, you got to trust that path. Yeah. That's the hard part. Mm hmm Yep. No, hey, I, I get that. I switched jobs right before the pandemic. Very thankful for that. And, and I, I'll never uh, for, forget just how things sometimes work out. I wasn't going to go. I was going to go to my last question, but because, you know, we're, we're one short, I'll ask another one. Uh, you guys <laughs> like to have fun, though. I mean, it, it, it so seems if you can't can't tell from this whole interview, you guys get along pretty well. I think I think it's all getting along very well. I mean, you guys have a happy hour on Tuesdays on, on some of your social media, things like that. I mean, how much fun do you guys just like to have have together and, and just share with, with people and, and, and so forth? Oh, we like that a lot. The, the most fun we have is razzing each other. <laughs> yeah. That's I the most fun. Never would have yeah, got they, that from this interview. Never. <laughs> the, bro the, broke down session, the broke down sessions have been a lot of damn fun. I mean, I, uh, I thank didn't, you guys I didn't know uh, how much fun interviewing people would be, but, uh, you know, getting together with uh, different artists and, and friends we've known for years and actually learning a lot of things about them we didn't know yeah. uh, has been, you know, a blast. Yeah, we. I think we have a we have a good time. I mean, for sure, just just hanging out and you know, 
Uh, we get together once in a while with our wives and stuff, and and uh, my girlfriend and their wives, and uh, we, uh, <laughs> you know, we go and hang out, and we, our kids have gotten together, and uh, you know, it's it's great. So you guys yeah, we, do we like hanging out like with each other, other, right? Yeah, we actually kind of <laughs> like each other. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, but I mean, I, 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 this has been a, a, a ton of fun, and I can just tell that. You, know, you you guys work well together. You have fun. You're, you're kind of like my friends. If we're not making fun of each other or razzing each other, something's wrong. I, I feel like. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. So, right. Well, that's the congregation of guys. I mean, that's just the way it goes when you're with with around your around your buddies. So now that that Scott has returned, I, I will ask my last mm-hmm. question. Uh, <laughs> so you know, in addition to the new album, what can folks expect from the Nash Villains in twenty? 20- 22. Is that a Brett question? I think that might be a Brett question. He's <laughs> yeah. the businessman. I mean, I mean, you guys can say whatever you want, and then Brett just has to, you know, figure it out. I'll just say well, yes. It doesn't matter what we say, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's going to tell us, no, that's not, going, that's not happening. This is happening. <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, one of the things that we're, we're all looking forward to um, is touring. So that's, that's something we all want to do. Uh, and I think... Once our album is out and we'll be out there to promote it, we're all looking forward to getting on the road and meeting the fans in person. Uh, I think that's that's a that's a really important part of being a musician is to be in front of a live crowd. It's great to do these online things that we've done once in a while and stuff, but it's really great to be out there talking to them in person and you know hearing them sing back your lyrics that you've written and worked so hard on and that kind hopefully, of stuff. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. they'll do that. Yeah. They will. They've yeah. already they've already done it every place to play. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's a big part. Um, releasing more videos. Um, you know, uh, just the, big, the biggest thing for me is, is the touring. I'm, I'm ready to get out there. Yeah. And I think and, and while you know as a, as a, a band member, what we have to be doing also is thinking about our next project, our next album, while we're promoting this album. That's just kind of how you have to keep doing. You have to keep the ball rolling. So, you know, in the meantime, it takes a long time to write an album because not every song you write makes the album. So you've got to kind of decide if we're going to... kind of like not every song you write makes a movie, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. Kind of like that, right? I'm never, well, I'm never, never you're never going to get past that, are you? Never get over it. I had no control over it. I had a little bit of control. I was going to say, I, I can feel the love in the chat right now so but but no they, you, you guys have a new album coming out in february february 11th i believe uh tumbling down will, will come out uh it's a great album i got to listen to it it's it's awesome everyone should check it out and if, until then check them out because they've released a lot of great stuff as well you can go to the nashvillainsband.com to keep up with them find them on social media as well brett troy scott this has been a blast thank you all for doing this Hey, thank, thank you, Jonathan. Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. It's been a blast, buddy. Thank you. Kentucky boy. Hey, yeah, uh, we'll see you, man. <laughs> <laughs>